and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David, Yep. how you doing? We made it. We did it. Looks like we made it. We're uh, going to make it after all, uh, except yep. we did. We did make it after all. Uh, I hope you guys, uh, well, I sincerely hope you guys have been enjoying this yeah. uh, long week of, uh, of, of, of podcasting with some of our uh, favorite uh, friends, friends of the show, mm-hmm. real life friends, somewhere yeah. in between. Special thanks uh, to yes, let's do this. Jimmy, Jimmy, Matt, Matt, Josh, Josh, Pat, Pat, Scott, Scott, Jason, Jason, Amy, Amy, and Todd. Todd, I did not care for that at all. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this, but that's, yeah, you guys heard that all this week. <laughs> We're going back six weeks of podcasting. Yeah, um, yeah. So uh, this has been. Uh, quite a uh, quite a lot of fun to to put together yeah i'm sure some of you are like boy florence foster jenkins really seemed to stick with tyler <laughs> <laughs> no i had seen it like a couple days before uh yeah you know so yeah. yeah now we're actually this is it's still gonna be over a week between what we're i was talking right now on people hearing this yeah. but this is the closest to the actual release date yeah um and we did so record say, this last thankfully. yeah yes um i could say yesterday was columbus day Okay, yeah. And I had the experience. Now, I, for the first time in, I remember as a kid, like a young kid, getting Columbus Day off at school, mm-hmm. but then it, that went away. Yeah, I never uh, associate. I, I don't know if I ever had it off. Honestly. I remember having it off like maybe maybe up to third grade, maybe not even third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, but my wife now works for the county, mm-hmm. and they get Columbus Day off. So I decided to take uh vacation day and we spent the day together and one of the things we did because no one's used to columbus day, like no one thinks of columbus day as a holiday yeah we tried to go to the post office which you can't do on columbus day i walked up the door it was locked walked back to my in the time it took me to walk back to my car start my car and drive off mm-hmm. three more people walked up and did the same thing and like at least I knew because I had taken the day off. I, I immediately went, "Oh right, it's Columbus Day." But mm-hmm. these are people who just like on their break from work or like have a different work schedule. Like people walking up the door, trying the door, looking at their watch, looking at the posted hours, looking to the heavens. Yeah, <laughs> like people so baffled. And I was like, "Should I tell them?" And she was like, "I'll figure it out." Yeah, <laughs> and uh, we drove y- off. Your tweet because uh, Jen actually had to go check her uh, her post office box. Uh, and she was going to do it yesterday and, uh, your tweet made me realize like, Oh, poor Jen. Yeah. She's so I let her know and she goes, ah, shit. Yeah. So, cause I had forgotten to check it on Saturday. But, yeah. It's uh, one of those days. Like if you don't, if that's why I, I like, if you don't work for the government, you don't know when Columbus day is, or if you're married to someone who works for the government yeah. in my case. Yeah. Well, and just, I, I, I don't remember what song this was on. But there was a there was a Primus song that has one of my favorite sentiments, not merely a lyric, okay. but sentiment, and one that I have come to really me, understand as I've gotten rewind older. Rewind to okay. eighth grade, yeah, yeah. When I, when, I was, when I cared about Primus, yeah. So it's uh, you know you got your uh, Les Clay. I'll try to mimic uh, Les Claypool's uh, uh, cadence, if nothing else. Okay, I goes. Funny thing about weekends when you're unemployed, they don't mean quite so much. Uh-huh. Now. <laughs> I'm not unemployed, but up until I started school, like my job was such that I could just set my own hours. Now I still had to work 40 to 50 hours, but they just were whenever I could. And so when people say like, Oh, it's the weekend off or they're like, I have a three day weekend. It's like, I get one day off a week officially. (laughs) Right. Uh, and it's Friday. So this means nothing to me. Uh, and so Columbus day, labor day, like Memorial day, none of those days ever meant anything to me. But now 
now that I'm in school right. and I suddenly realize like, Ooh, four day weekend for Thanksgiving. I haven't thought that in years, really, years and years. Oh yeah. I love it. And it's because I especially, mean, I don't know if this is true in different industries, but in, uh, at my work, it's a 40 weekend, but the day before Thanksgiving is a, what people call a getaway day where people tend to leave at about one, 1 PM, uh, 2 PM. So it's like a four and a half day weekend. Yeah, I'm going to have class on Wednesday, unfortunately. You know what, though? Apparently, they don't grade you on attendance. Yeah, I remember that from college. No, but they graded us at Columbia on attendance. Huh. Public universities, for some reason, at least in California, cannot. They can grade you on participation. Right. So if you're not there a lot, you can't participate. So they they kind of got around it. But uh, but yeah. So if I just say, hey, I'm not I'm not feeling well that day, or I'm not available, then I could turn that into a five day weekend. Except I have no particular reason to uh, yeah. to take that Wednesday off. I had I remember my um, fall semester of my senior year at Columbia College Chicago, or mm-hmm. alma mater. Uh, this is a look back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I only had class on Monday and Tuesday. I, I, I scheduled it that way. But the deal was at that point I was in classes where I was like editing, shooting or editing projects. Right. So I was usually at the school other days a week anyway right. to use the facilities and stuff. But I only had actual classes Mondays and Tuesdays. Here's a fun thing that I've learned. Now that I am in the master's program, I don't say I went to school at Columbia or I graduated from Columbia. I say I did my undergrad at Columbia. That's apparently a thing I have to say now. That's how you... That's, uh, that's not what I literally up until the, the day I arrived and people said, okay, now say where you're coming from. And Evan said, well, I did my undergrad here. I did my, and I was like, oh, I guess, I guess that's what I'm supposed to say. All right. I don't know this lingo. Yesterday, your life was moving in one direction. Today it is headed in another. Um, what's that from? What do you think? Ah, you motherfucker. It's Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, now, we thanked our guests, but you had some other people you wanted to thank. We got a bunch of people to thank. So here's and I, the- like, I like that you are the caring, sentimental one of the group. Do you? I thought you didn't like when I got maudlin. Uh, I think in this case, it's very fitting. Okay, And I sure. would be, if it were up to me... I would never get maudlin, and then I, I would look back and go, oh, I should have been maudlin at that point. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is a, a situation, an occasion that calls for maudlinity. Yeah. And, uh, I was trying to think, what, is maudlin, maudlinism? That's not right. That's <laughs> probably not the, um, it's probably not anything. But, uh, yeah, so I will say this. Okay. As okay, so listeners know that all week long we've uh, we've had a we've we've put together a little narrative, and we had guests on that represented a different different uh, periods or different uh, milestones in the in the history of Battleship Pretension. And as I was trying to think, like, uh, who do we get for the fifth episode? Who do we get for that? Right. I was telling my wife Jen. I was like, okay, so here's what, here's the, my idea. I told her before I even told you. And so I was like, here's what I'm thinking for the first one, the second, third. It's like, I've got nothing for this fifth one. And then she looked at me like I was an idiot. Uh-huh. And she's like, nobody. It should just be you and David. And the idea, I'll be honest, the idea seemed so right on every level. I, don't, I got a little bit choked up because it was just like, yeah. I mean, I love our guests and everything, but when it comes right down to it, you and I are battleship pretension, you know, yeah. and 
and it's just a, it, it was a nice sentiment and it's, and I, and it frustrated me that I hadn't, that I didn't think about it, <laughs> you know? Um, and so that's, that's what, uh, what this is. And we'll be, we'll be, uh, Dave, we're going to be celebrating us. That's not necessarily true. Um, but there are a number of people that, uh, that I want to thank before we, uh, continue on with the, uh, the episode proper. And it's going to be kind of a, an episode that's sort of all over the place, uh, as you'll soon hear. So, okay. <laughs> so first off, well, let's start with this. We well, got, you know, we got some bills to pay. Yeah, let's start with that because these are bills to pay, but also people we kind of want to think. Absolutely. Okay, so here's the deal. Uh, our two sponsors are Tweaked Audio and Mubi. Mubi.com. Yeah. Now, we've had a lot of sponsors over the years, and, yes. and if you have sponsored the show, we, we are incredibly grateful. If you have donated to the show, we're incredibly grateful. If you've paid for our, our commentaries or our mm-hmm. bonus episodes, we're incredibly grateful. It's nice when people uh, you know give us money for what we do. It, it, it means it, the world, yeah. It, it validates us a, a little bit, uh, at least professionally. It's, it's how we're able to say we're semi-professional film critics. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I will say that Tweaked uh, was our first sponsor. Now, their sponsorship was such that it's different than everybody else. Theirs is not a flat fee. Theirs is commission-based, which is something that they did with a number of other podcasts. Yeah. Uh, and it's not something we would do for just any company. In right. fact, like I don't want to go into details. We were offered that sort of structure from at least one other yeah. uh, company to do a, an advertisement where they weren't, they weren't actually paying us anything. We were just yeah. getting a percentage of you know, sales using our code. Mm-hmm. Um, and we didn't want to do it with, uh, anybody else, but we, right. we wanted to do it, uh, with Bruce and yeah. with tweaked. Yeah. Bruce sought us out and had some very nice things to say about us. And he talked to us when we were not that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I assume he maybe had heard about us from Mike Schmidt mm-hmm. because he had been sponsoring Mike for a while. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was a, if it was a good deal. I, I called Mike, uh, and he and I talked and he said it was a, he goes, these guys are great. They treat you, they treat you very well. And so, uh, we took Bruce up on his offer and he has, they've, they've sent us a lot of great like promotional items. Mm-hmm. Um, we just, yeah, I, we gave away, uh, some earbuds at our, at our, uh, 500 meetup. Thanks for coming out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Thank well, you to everybody for, for showing up. That was a lot of fun. Uh, I met Bruce, uh, a couple years ago at the, uh, the LA pod fest and he was super nice. So tweaked has always, has always been, uh, really great. And it's, it was super nice that they, that they approached us when we weren't super approachable, not to imply we were standoffish, but just, we, <laughs> you know, who are we honestly yeah, yeah. at that point? Uh, and then Mubi is another one. Mubi is the fact that they reached out to us astonished me because they're, you know, again, not to denigrate. We, yeah, we had heard of Mubi already before. Exactly. They to us, so exactly. It, yeah, and I don't mean to. I don't mean to denigrate any of our any of our other sponsors or anything like that. But like, they're all like independent films. They are like people that listen to den- the show like, already. And beyond, you know, I don't want to denigrate them. I love doing that. Like, I, um, yeah, I like taking their money and stuff. Yeah. But I love that we uh, have this policy of uh, uh, promoting people's. Uh, Kickstarters and Indiegogos yeah. and GoFundMe's and and stuff, getting independent yeah. films made. We, I I love that we um, uh, have played a small part in helping to get some independent film 
films made and we made a couple bucks doing it <laughs> well and and honestly uh this is something that i i've i've told people when they email but i guess i'll put it out now if you have an independent film that's already yeah. been made and you're trying to promote or, it uh we give you a, a significantly reduced rate on that sponsor oh yeah that's that's definitely cheaper yeah or an independent comic like our friend uh and now uh contributor craig oh that's right yeah yeah, yeah. i yeah. was just reorganizing my comic books uh Mm -hmm. over the over the weekend and uh i saw the hit one and two that's right and then but then there was also uh dodd skull investigations uh, done by john engel of the alien minute podcast yes that's a fun one too so it has been tremendous fun and so uh but mubi was a, a larger company that we had heard of we'd heard great things about and the was it an that album they, as well? I know a listener sent us his album. Did he do a Kickstarter for that album? Was it a boy and his horse? That sounds right to me, but I'm not. I'm not sure. Honestly, and that's honestly, we've had so many sponsors over the years that I, I can't keep track of them all, which is uh, remarkably humbling and very exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Mubi has. Uh, I feel like you know. I, I told this story recently um, that one of my. Uh, fellow students at school asked if we had like heard of movie. And then I blurted out like an idiot, like, Hey, they sponsor my show, you know? But in that moment it was like, yeah, I've heard of them because they, if this is going to sound a little lofty, they, they believe in our show. They like our show and they have committed to us. You know, they, they re up every, every few months and then they finally committed to us for a full year. And it, it just means a lot that, uh, that they have, uh, and weren't you like recently emailing with our, our rep over there and he or she was like, by the way, I liked this recent episode and you were like, wait, what? You're yeah. listening to the show. Yeah. Apparently they listen to the show. I know. And, and, and of course, immediately I'm just like, okay, what have we said <laughs> lately? Um, and honestly, like the, I, we told this story very briefly, uh, in the past that there was somebody who, uh, did not like something that we were saying on the show, went over our heads and talked to Mubi directly about, uh, some potentially offensive things that we were saying and movie stood by us, uh, which was really great. Um, there was that time I just used the N word a lot on the show. Um, <laughs> but like really aggressively, uh, no, that's, that never actually happened. Any new listeners, um, or movie that never, or happened. movie that never happened. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so, uh, you know, we've talked a lot about what movie is. Uh, so rather than just go into that, I'll go ahead and say some of the new movies that they have that are available Fantastic. right now. Yes. Uh, including Ty West's house of the devil. And then a film that you, David love the reflecting skin. I do love that film. Yes. So that is available at movie right now. Oh, and definitely check out the reflecting skin. If you haven't yeah. seen it. So go to movie.com slash battleship. Right. You can get a free month and you know, Buy yourself some tweaked earbuds. Using the offer code pretension at checkout to get yeah. one third off your low, low price and no shipping charges. That's tweaked audio. Yeah, it's hard not to go into the, into the thing. But, like, but I just realized we hadn't given out the offer code. Yeah. It's a pretension. So movie slash battleship, tweaked audio, offer code pretension. Put those together. You got battleship pretension. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's do... Like a metaphor. So do uh, take advantage of these products because these, these guys have been nice enough to, to stick with us through uh, a long time and it, and it means a lot. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? 
Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And who are some of the other uh, friends? Okay, so I want to I wanna go through. Now, a number of people have written for us over the years, so I want to... Some people have contributed like one article or two articles here and there. I hate to say it, but I kind of put them off to the side. I wanted to like stick to regular contributors, even if they don't contribute anymore, but they were a big part of of our writing staff for a while. Aaron Pinkston, Alexander Miller, Chase Beck, Craig Schrader, Daniel Bergamini, Daryl Tufts, David Wester, Dane Linford, Ian Brill, Jack Fleischer, James T. Sheridan, Jason Eakin, Josh Long, Kyle Anderson, Matt Warren, Patrick Felton, Rita Cannon, Rudy Obias, Sarah Brinks, Scott Nye, and West Anthony. So thank you to all of you for uh, continuing to contribute to the show and make the we- and make the website what it is. Uh, I'm yep. very proud of our website, and I'm very proud of of the content that we put out. Um, there is that's a that's yeah. a and while uh, I'd and say sixty five percent of the articles are written by you, uh, <laughs> uh, you're going with the uh, unconventional first name alphabet- alphabetization. Yeah, sorry, it's um, it's how it pops. There's up. also. Uh, Kate, I don't want to go into saying her You're last right. name because yeah. there are issues there, unfortunately. I, that's why I didn't include her because I wasn't yes. sure what but to say. Thank you to you. Thank you to you, Kate. You know who you are. Yeah. Uh, and then I wanted to say thank you for the uh, to the, uh, the 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 people behind the the following podcast. What the fuck are you watching? The sequel cast, the auteur cast. Hey, watch this. The classic horror cast. Double feature. I do movies badly and musical notation. Uh, so thank you to everybody. And not all of these are available anymore, but uh, but they helped make the fleet what it is. Uh, and then lastly, I wanted to thank uh, people that just sort of helped us throughout the years. Um, Pilar Alessandra, yep. who let us use her studio at first. We paid for it, and then she just let us use it uh, when we recorded with guests who were not comfortable coming to my home. Um, yeah, there was there were a couple of years there. She moved since, um, yeah. But there were a couple of years there where I just had keys to that yeah. studio. I think officially I so, still do. So trusting. Well, I'm sure they've been changed by now. Maybe I don't know if you've seen the pla- that place isn't her studio anymore. No, I know. She's moved. It's. Uh, I think it's like a. I think it's like a dentist a, office or something. Oh, is it? I thought it was like a dog obedience. Oh, it something. might be that actually. Now that I think about it, um, uh, maybe it's a dog dentist. That's not that crazy, actually, for Los Angeles. Um, a big champion of ours early on was Dave Chen at Slash Film. Yes, thank you, Dave. Um, I wanted to also mention the guys. Uh, too numerous to mention, but uh, the people at Art Nineteen have been hosting us for a while, and they have been very nice and very accommodating. Not merely with Battleship Pretension, but they also have host. <laughs> they host a number of shows, including Worth Playing For, More Than One Lesson, mm-hmm. and The Fear of God. So I've got four podcasts <laughs> there, and they've been uh, super awesome about it. Uh, these guys wrote about us early on, Colin Marshall and Ian Brill, who's gone on to be on the show and, and, uh, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But these guys wrote about battleship pretension a lot, uh, and helped our, raised our numbers. Lance Lieber designed our, uh, current logo. Yes. And I met him at Comic-Con in 20, 
Um, 10, 2011. And I believe I met him when I went to Denver uh, okay. recently. Uh, I want to thank our, our uh, I don't think he listens, but our, our old roommate Cole for our chilling theme song and all the music that we use for the show. Yes. Uh, Ryan Gallagher, who uh, helped us out with, who's helped us out with like website stuff, with meetup stuff. Um, and along those lines, also Matt Patterson. Uh, so those are the only people that I, those are the, well, I'm sure there are countless others that yeah, I can't. As long as we're talking about the website, the Sean Ingram. That's right. Who, uh, who designed our website at a significantly reduced cost. Yes. Um, and then going way back and mm-hmm. we talked about, we've talked about before, um, inspiration for podcasting, mm-hmm. um, coming from, uh, Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap right. and, and Mike Schmidt from never not funny. That was the, the first podcast you and I listened to regularly is what mm-hmm. made us want to, uh, but the first podcasters that I knew were Craig Gaines and Mike Hudson. Good call. And um, Micah? I think. Micah, yeah. I can't remember his last name. I never actually met him in person. I talked to him yeah. I think, on the phone once. Uh, and they did, um, and now I'm forgetting, uh, what was it called? Hudson and Gaines. Uh, Hudson and Gaines was the name of the podcast. Um, it's so funny. Ian wrote about that one as well, I think, yeah. um, over at Pod Thoughts. Uh and um they were people yeah, I talked to uh to them, all three of them, before we started a podcast, just sort of about the the ins and outs of recording and posting a podcast yeah. every week. And this is back at the time before, you know, sites like Libsyn didn't exist. Yeah. Like we had to we had to buy an RSS writing software because yeah. I tried to teach myself how to write an RSS feed uh, and fashion it into like an XML or whatever. Um, and I couldn't do it at the time. Um, weirdly through my, through my current job, I could probably actually do it. Now. Oh, look at you. Um, if I had to, if I had to, but, uh, it is tedious. Um, and then we had to, uh, download an FTP client to mm-hmm. upload, you know, <laughs> these sites like Libsyn that do it. And, and, and what Podbean is that one still around even? Um, Sounds right. Podomatic is uh, still there. Uh, is it? I think so. Um, they do everything for you. Those didn't exist back then. So, uh, it was definitely through the help of people like, uh, Mike and Craig and Micah that, um, yeah, that we started doing that. Yeah. I don't know if Hudson and Gaines is still available, but, uh, it wasn't for a while. And then, uh, I kind of cajoled them into, uh, (laughs) just hosting it somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) So it might still be available, but if it, if it is, check it out. Uh, yeah. Hudson and Gaines. It is a marvelous show. Yeah. Um, and then obviously, so do you have anybody else? Uh, no one else that is coming, uh, to mine. Okay. Well, lastly, obviously our wives, that's, that's what I was going to go. Uh, who've yeah. been uh, remarkably, uh, supportive over the years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I was, uh, <laughs> as I was talking to, to Jen about this episode and like the various people I was going to thank, she said, it's like, don't forget us. I said, you're, you're already on the list. She yeah. goes, Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Don't worry. We weren't going to, going to yeah. forget you now. Yeah. Because, uh, it touches me that my wife, cause I, here's the difference between me and you in mm-hmm. social situations, apart from the podcast, you are very comfortable bringing up the podcast and telling people about it. Whereas up I, t- up to a point. Okay. I never mention it to anyone ever, yeah. um, uh, unless I'm already at an event, like as an, you know, if I'm at some sort of thing that I got invited to as a member of the press or whatever, sure. like then that's what I'm there for. But like in my regular life, I don't, but, uh, my wife will be a booster and be like, 
he's also a film critic and he does this <laughs> podcast and he does and uh it's it's always very touching even though it might be a little uh i might feel a little embarrassed in the moment it actually means a lot to me uh, that yeah. she that she thinks of me um as a as a film critic and tells people wants to tell people that and let me ask you this and this is about your level of comfort so feel free to cut it out if you want <laughs> The person who Would bought us our very first, first soundboard was your ex-girlfriend. Is that true? Yeah. Why? Why would she do that? I don't know. It was like a birthday present. Like, okay. you know. So that was nice of her. Yes. As far as boosters, you know. Yeah. Thank you. Up to, to a her. point. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, no thank you. Uh, <laughs> well, no, I think she always supported the, yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, at that time, it was just, she supported you coming over for a couple hours every week. <laughs> true. Yeah. Like well, we weren't doing anything. This is before we did live shows or before we like were yeah. press or anything like that. Uh, but yes, yeah, she was supportive. We so. did live shows for a while. Uh, I forget that yeah. despite the fact that we have posters from those live shows in my office. Yeah. I forget that we did those. Yeah. We should do some again someday. I would like to do that at um, some point, but I feel like, uh, so yes. Thank you to all the people who were yeah. all the people who were, who were supportive. Yeah. All right. We have a bunch of stuff that we want to get to, yeah. um, clips and stuff um, from, uh, well, people left us voicemails and they suggested some clips and we have, mm. we have a, a, a handful of, of funny stuff to get to. But I do feel like we can't not mention something because... Though by the time this goes up, I'm interested to see if there is any new developments. Yeah, we, we, we won't know. Yeah, like it's, a, it's been... You've been hearing us for... Uh, I mean, you've heard episode 499 and four episode 500s before this, Mm -hmm. and all of them were posted after the film Twitter online movie geek community kind of um, uh, exploded um, in a way that has um, really upset me, uh, I think. Okay. Uh, And not upset, like, as upset, it maybe depressed me is the, I felt like, my stomach upset for the past couple of days. Hmm. Um, people probably know what I'm talking about. Um, I feel so hesitant to even like, uh, vocalize it, but we should vocalize it. It's it. weird but when it's someone like we can talk about this with Nate Parker cause he's not in our community. That's exactly this feels why. like gossip and, and this. Um, yeah, but it is, th- this is maybe this is why it's the exact same feeling that I have when I read about Nate Parker or whatever, mm-hmm. but it's, magnified because it's in our community and it's my Twitter feed, which is where I interact with, uh, outside of real life. It's where I interact with most people is on mm-hmm. Twitter feed. Like it's gotten, it's, I'm, I feel like I'm so much closer to it because of it being in the community. It's so in my feed. And of course we're talking about, um, what happened with, uh, former birth movies, death editor, Devin Faraci, um, who is, um, a past guest on this mm-hmm. podcast, um, he's still an abstraction to me though, because right, I wasn't you, here. Yeah. You weren't on that episode. Um, uh, yeah, he, he came on, uh, with, uh, it was him and, and, and Amy Nicholson. And, um, he, uh, was, uh, accused of sexual assault over the past weekend. And, um, uh, I don't know what, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to like, sound like I'm parsing words, but he did not deny it and asked forgiveness yeah. for it. And again, we don't know what's happened since yeah. then, but this is so on our mind, uh, right now, because I think, um, I'm not here to stand in judgment of 
of of Devin. I right. mean, to a certain extent, uh, what he did, I mean, in his own his own words, was vile. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what's uh, what's upset me so much is just seeing the the reaction to it, which a lot of people, including people that I like uh, and I'm friends with, have been saying, "Shame on any you know prominent online." Uh, critic who's not speaking out against this, you know, because yeah. I think a lot of his friends kind of waited a couple of days to react to see yeah. like what was what was going to happen. I think that's that was completely uh, astute and wise of them. But what I've mostly seen that has really upset me. Okay, uh, there's been a lot of sort of dancing on the grave of Devin Faraci. Okay, and I think what that forgets. I understand you don't like the guy. I know he's done a lot of stuff that has made a lot of people not not like him. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about, oh, you know, thank God he's his career is over, whatever's happening, you know, thank God it's come to light. You're talking about this incident as if it's something that happened to Devin. Oh, You're okay, forgetting yeah. the fact that there is an actual victim yeah. here. You know, um, this happened to someone else. And this is someone, and, you know, on a movie journal recently, you and I were talking about the movie 13th, which I don't think you have seen. Maybe at the time you've, of this. Uh, I have not this, yet. No. You've, you've watched it. But um, we talked about Newt Gingrich, of all people, um, saying that no white person in America can understand the challenges no. of being a black person in America. And this woman, to be assaulted um, in the way she was by Devin and to hold on to it for so long and to see him, his star rise and him become this contested yeah. figure and, and be divisive and gain some semblance of power in the internet movie world and to hang on to this. And then the bravery that it took and the, the decision that it would take to finally overcome that and to say, I, I need to say something. Yeah you and I will never be able to understand that, that struggle. Right. Um, and I think let's not lose in this, that this story is not, the story is not Devin's really the, you know, the story is, is, is the victim. We also always need to think of the victim. And and I, this is what we've talked about with Nate Parker and with the Stanford case um, and with the documentary Audrey and Daisy we talked about a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, there is there seems to, we seem to keep defaulting to when rape or sexual assault cases come up, we seem to keep defaulting to talking about the attackers and the perpetrators. Well, that's not and, just that's not just rape though. I mean, that's think about it. Like that's if somebody. If a guy shoots up a school mm-hmm. or if there's a terror attack or something like that, we know that guy's names. And it's often because like the victim either is, is anonymous or there are multiples. And so you can't think in terms of all of these people. So it's yeah. like, and, and we have to, I think there's an element of like our instinct is to ask, why would somebody do this? And I know that this is a, this is very abstract. So just, just bear with me. There's an element, I think maybe for me of why would some, like, with a victim, you can't say, although some people do, uh, you can't say, what did they do to make this happen? Right. Some things yeah. just happen. Yeah, it's like, and you can't control whether it happens to you or not. The person in control is the person that did it. And so it's like, okay, do I have anything in common with this person? 
Like, could I do this? What can I do to avoid doing that? What this person did? That's a great, that, that's a great, a great way of looking at it. So I think it could be that. Um, but if you, I mean, you spend less time on Twitter than I do or on uh, film Twitter than I boy, do. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. You're right too, because there's so much like, there's so much joy in that I'm seeing uh, uh, on on the, the internet. And, and you know, what I want to remember, were... but what, what I want to say that's different about because you're right about this happen. You know, people think about the perpetrator more in murders and stuff too. Mm-hmm. But what I want to point out about sexual assault and rape specifically is that there is this culture of women staying silent because so often it's harder to speak up than to stay silent, and we want to think when this happens. And especially when it happens so close to our community, think about the fact that there are women that we know that this has happened to. Mm-hmm. We don't know that's happened to them, but we. I've warned, and I don't want to sound like, again, I'm not, I'm not standing like over the corpse of Devin's career or whatever. Like I don't want to sound sure. like I'm, I'm doing that. I don't want to sound like I'm gloating. But I, I talked recently about my nervousness around crowing too much about being a feminist or being Mm -hmm. describing myself as an ally because um sometimes those are the guys you got to watch out for you know like sometimes there's a compensation there or whatever it is there's a you know virtue signaling to use that sometimes the person who knows all the terms knows them (laughs) so he can get close maybe maybe, and maybe that's yeah and that's what it is so just be i guess i just want people to not be gleeful about um the effect this has had on Devin Farachi and instead use it as a chance to um to to stand in solidarity with the woman and the other and there have been a couple other since who um came forward and to keep some sympathy and some compassion uh and some patience in your heart for all the women that you most likely know that haven't spoken up yet. And, and men, men can be sexually assaulted too. I want to make make that, that. I want to make that, that clear. I'm I'm thinking in terms of this, this case and, you know, I mean, to be honest, most of most cases are, uh, you know, male on female sexual assault, but it goes the other way too. And, 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 and there's a lot of pressure on on men to not say anything. Yes, uh, very much. So let's, Let's use this as a way for us to grow and let's hope. I know you're the Christian at this table. <laughs> okay. But um, I, there are some things that you believe in that I think are very important, which is uh, especially, especially centered on the, around the idea of, of forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Um, and to us, I mean, let's hope that Devin can learn from this as well and right. people who have people uh, like him who have used um, their positions of of power or just their greater physical strength as men um, to uh, assault and degrade and humiliate women. Let's hope that let's hope that they can learn. Let's understand that um, it's not our place to judge him. It's also only to a certain extent, our place to, forgive him should he want forgiveness or should Mm -hmm. he not want forgiveness? I would say the Christian idea would be to forgive him whether or not he wants forgiveness. I agree. Um, Not seven times or 70 times, but 70 times seven. Watch out. (laughs) Um, uh, I mean it when I say it's one of my favorite parts of Christianity. I I love it. Um, 
to a certain extent, you know, we can't be too quick to absolve him because there are, like I said, real victims. And, you know, they're, um, I think their place in this story as victims uh, has to take primacy. Well, that's, I mean, if you want to get to the, the Christian element of it, then... You know, and I mean, hey, between your SJW and now my Christianity, this is the essence of battleship pretension. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, why not talk about this on episode five hundred? But if you want to talk about the the, the nature of, of Christianity and the nature of Jesus, is that he had a heart first and foremost for victims, for widows and mm-hmm. orphans and lepers, and just the people that society, whether it be Roman society or Jewish society or or really anything, uh, whatever society said, y- you are to blame. You need to get out of here. I don't like seeing you. You bring shame on me. You bring shame, whatever it might be. And, you know, the idea of, uh, uh, you know, this is not a, this is not a one-to-one comparison, but like, you know, uh, a married, uh, a married guy has an affair with this woman and, because of the culture of the time, the woman is the one that gets in trouble and Jesus mm-hmm. st- stands in for her mm-hmm. and says, well, hang on everybody. Let's, let's uh, calm down now in her case, because it was not a f- full on rape. It was adultery. It, like he still acknowledges to her like, yeah, you didn't, you weren't doing great things either, but nonetheless, like standing up for somebody that everybody felt very comfortable pushing to the side. Um, I think there's an element, it, you mentioned the idea of being gleeful and, and being joyful. If you're going to be happy, first off, I think, I think joy and glee ha- should have nothing to do with this situation at all. No. If you want to be thankful for anything, it's that justice is being done. And I don't yes. even mean the idea of social justice. I mean, genuine full on justice, yeah. like the justice system. And so first acknowledge, acknowledge that something happened acknowledge who the victim is comfort them while holding the, the party responsible uh, accountable. And then after all that is done, you can look towards forgiveness. And I think, and here's the thing, I think you should, I think too often we look at, at, I think that we, we look at certain people and certain actions publicly as unforgivable. And we look at people as irredeemable. Nobody is irredeemable. Nothing is unforgivable because in any number of cultures, in any number of situations, something that I have done could be uh, that could be seen as irredeemable or unforgivable. Same as you. Who knows? Um, and so, what I w- so I, I'm trying to not that I'm much. I don't consider myself much of an optimist, but I look at this situation and I lo- and I saw Devin's tweet in response. And while there's a certain degree, he does say, "I don't remember that," which I believe. It's entirely possible that he was drunk when this happened. Uh, yeah, not it, that that excuses I, it. No, it doesn't excuse it. But what I will really say, good. he doesn't. He didn't say, "I don't know what you're talking about." He didn't say that never happened. He acknowledged it could have happened and apologized. Not that that means he should be forgiven, but at this point, good for him for saying, "Yeah, this this right, entirely yeah, step like in the right you got to look. You got to." You got to take the good where you can, uh, <laughs> yeah. in, in a situation like this. And I don't know. And so that's the thing being gleeful. You can be happy that justice is start is now starting to be done, but you can't be happy about this situation. 
Like it'd be better if this hadn't happened in the first place. And if that meant that Devin Faraci got to keep his job, uh, you know what? I'm willing to make that to make that bargain. Oh yeah. If this had never happened in the first place then, and he was still the yeah. editor at birth movies. Death. Yeah. And people still thought he was a jerk. It's that would be, that would still be better yeah. than him having done exactly. This, uh, and this woman having had to hold on to it for over 10 years. Exactly. Um, yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. Um, just let's, yeah, let's put our energy into, uh, compassion, as you said, for the, for the victim first, uh, yeah. and then for, um, humanity second, uh, yeah. and let's try and find, even though I'm not a Christian, I want to make clear I'm mm-hmm. the atheist here. Um, let's, uh, banish vengeance and vindictiveness. There's, that doesn't help doesn't help us because I mean you we were talking last week about the idea of of prison reform and I think a big Mm -hmm. part of prison reform practically has to first come from a chain a paradigm shift philosophically if you view these people as they made their bed now they have to lie in it they are irredeemable they are unforgivable if you look at it that way why wouldn't we treat them like animals right but if you want but like if you actually view them as human beings who made horrible mistakes and the mistakes can never be undone and they do need to pay some kind of penalty for that. So be it. But they are still human beings and there is still good in them. If you want to look at it like that, then that is the only way that practical reform can be made. But first, there needs to be a, a shift in how we look at these people because they are still people. And But first and foremost, there needs to be justice and there needs to be a, a, a cost, you know, and there needs to be a price paid by these people. Um, and by Devin and, and all these other people, but like, but yeah, after that, there needs to be an acknowledgement that either the price has been paid or that n- not that nobody's perfect. That's too much. That's too dismissive, but no. that like anybody can do anything at any time. Yeah. We have to keep some room and some hope that people can change and grow yeah. and learn and become better people or else what the fuck is any of this for what are we talking for what are we intellectualizing anything for what are we creating or consuming art for if uh if there's no hope yeah all right let's uh let's get on that note 500 (laughs) um that's i'm uh like i like like we already said it's been by the time you're hearing this it's been a week and a half things this conversation might not not apply at all we might have found out things that completely contradict it but um for the past two days a day and a half two days at this point um it's really been consuming me and i'm really glad that we got a chance to talk it out Mm -hmm. uh and that's what we do here sure on this show we talk mostly about movies um but uh a little bit about a lot of other well sometimes you get uh, this is very specifically in not even in the world of movies but this is in the world of film podcasters and bloggers i mean that's us and, and then, yeah to I mean, to look back to to tie back into the idea of our um history and our growth like this is something we're not you know as as much a part of the world as some of our friends who have been on the mm-hmm. show or that we've met through through this hour but um that has increasingly become our community yeah. you know we we went from sort of blithely not realizing this community existed yeah when we started like i think we'd he- we'd heard of ain't it cool <laughs> yeah but we had no idea there was this whole community yeah. out there. And then we like found ourselves brushing up against it and being somewhat accepted by it over the years. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, so you're right. This, this is, uh, this is important, I think to, to us. Let's 
Let's get into it, shall we? Indeed. I, yeah, I can't go all of episode 500 without, without saying let's get into it, shall we? Do you think there are any episodes, like numbered episodes, where I don't say it? Oh, I, I, forgot? I, I have no doubt that there is, but here's the thing. Okay. I was recently listening to episode one. I'm sorry for you. I am also sorry for me. And Did we do a lot of like forced laughing at our own jokes? Was there a lot of that? It wasn't forced. That's the thing. <laughs> oh, we really the jokes we were weren't funny. <laughs> but it was just—it's a nervous laughter. Like I—I've been on—I've been on podcasts where they ask, where they say like, "What what advice would you give other podcasters?" And I think I've said like, "Number one, you're not that funny." Yeah, and that imply that applies to me. It applies to you. It applies to anybody that's not a comedian. Yeah, and, but is still cracking a joke. By all means, like I'll laugh at your jokes. You'll laugh at mine. It's fun, but there is a very specific type of laughter that's a combination of like nervous laughter, space filling, and just like flop sweat. Flop sweat. No is, question about it. We're talking about ourselves here. Oh um, yeah, but yeah, uh, it is a lot of like maybe if we seem like we're having a really good time, it'll yeah. seem like a more fun show. So yeah, that's yeah. what we do did a lot. In the and then you on. just and you, you just grow out of it as you become more comfortable yeah. uh, behind the mic, and you'll actually hear some of. Because we'll be playing some clips that are early clips, and you'll actually hear, boy, notably different cadence uh, for you and yeah. me. Well, let's get. I, mean, I, I guess let's get into the first one. Cats right? out of the bag. Yeah, we're going to start with a a, a voicemail mm-hmm. from uh, Ian Scott Todd, um, whom you have met. Yeah, he and I went to went to Denny's a while ago, and it was a oh, lot of fun. novel. Yeah. Um. I hey, first <laughs> off. He is, I believe, one of only a handful of listeners I've gone to Denny's with, okay. but I've gone to dinner with a number of others, not always Denny's. Okay. If it's going to be a late night, it has to be Denny's. Sure. That's, sure. that's, how, that's the beauty of Denny's. All right. Well, we're going to hear Ian um, uh, share some memories, and then we're going to hear immediately after that uh, a clip that he, that he mentions. Hi, Tyler and David. This is Ian Scott Todd, one of your loyal listeners in Boston, and congratulations on 500 episodes. That's fantastic. Um, I have been a listener for a long time, and I'll tell you a story that will give you an idea of just how long I've been listening to your show. When I first started listening, I was living in a small town in southeastern Ohio, which is where I was uh, getting my master's degree at the time, and it was the lead up to the 2008 presidential election. And the reason I remember this is because living in Ohio, which was a hotly contested battleground state in the election, Joe Biden, presidential or vice presidential hopeful Joe Biden, was coming to town to stump for Barack Obama. And so I remember distinctly getting up early one morning to go to this rally uh, where Joe Biden was going to be speaking. And I remember I had just discovered Battleship Retention. I listened to one episode prior to that point, um, which I think was the episode about movies that you really liked, but that you could never watch a second time, something like that. And I remember I listened to that and liked that. And so I downloaded your episode about movies that are so bad, they're good. And I remember putting this on my iPod and taking this with me to, um, 
this uh, this this rally uh, because I knew I was going to be waiting around for a while um, and wanted something to listen to. And I have distinct memories of laughing out loud, hearing you guys talk in that episode about the movie Teen Witch, even though I had never seen Teen Witch. I still have not seen Teen Witch. Um, and I, I happen to know exactly this is in episode 38. And I still have this episode on my computer. It's right around the 37 minute mark, some, somewhere around there. And I remember uh, really being amused with... David's description of the rap battle that happens between one of the female characters in the movie and, as he put it, uh, the white guy in the pork pie hat and the vest with no shirt underneath who stands outside the school uh, rapping, um, which I thought was just so funny. And also, I really enjoyed uh, both of you guys going on to talk about the character of the little brother. And I remember both of you had uh, very funny impersonations of this actor and his um, uh, apparently very memorable um, uh, acting style. So from that point on, I was completely hooked on your show and I've been a listener ever since I've, uh, corresponded with you guys over the years, uh, over email about different things. Um, you guys have, uh, given me a couple of shout outs on your show, which I've really enjoyed. And, uh, I had the opportunity to actually, uh, meet up with Tyler earlier this year when I was in California for a couple of days, which was also really great. So thank you guys for all of your, uh, everything you've put into the show over the, the last, um, however many years it's been. And, uh, here's to 500 more episodes. So thanks guys. And one of my favorites, uh, again, not, this is not a movie that I saw when I was a child because I'm not a girl. I guess a lot of girls who grew up in the 80s saw this movie. Uh, I was introduced to it more recently by my girlfriend, uh, Teen Witch. Oh, my gosh. Teen Witch, which was, of course, the female answer to Teen Wolf. Yeah, well, now, which... I, now I have to see Teen Wolf again because my memory is that that movie's awesome. <laughs> I... I do remember enough to, to wonder why being... A werewolf. a werewolf makes you better at basketball. Yeah. and <laughs> Or and able w- to break dance. Well, and what gets me is like, you know, we should have brought this up weeks ago, David, on our uh, Halloween episode. <laughs> um, but like, it always got me. It's just like, I thought one of the standard cliches for werewolves is that they uh, rip people's throats out. So like, okay, I understand it, it could make him better at basketball in theory because physically he's now... Uh, a lot stronger, a lot faster. So athletically, he would he would be good at basketball. The problem is that a werewolf um, would not spend his time playing basketball. He would spend his time killing everybody on the court uh, and in the audience. And so, but that's enough. That's uh, Teen Wolf. There's another one. But Teen Witch, David, you brought it up. This is your baby. I'll let you run with it. Uh, well, I, I don't even know where to start. I mean, it's it's an awesome movie. <laughs> it is off the charts awesome. It's about it's about a girl, and uh, she's not very popular. 
she is, however, uh, more attractive than her other unpopular friend, which is a staple of the of the genre. Of course, you've always got to have a completely sexless friend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as we turn, as it turns out, this this friend, she's got herself a little crush too. She's got a crush on the uh, <laughs> the 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 white guy with the pork pie and the vest with no shirt under it who raps really poorly and he and his friends just hang out by their locker or uh, by their car on the side of a suburban street with no one else around uh, making up raps to songs with their shitty boombox and having rap wars if I'm not mistaken because uh, at some point doesn't he go back and forth with a, a woman uh, and they would with, say okay, with this girl her friend her, okay. with her friend yeah. what happens is she, she can't muster up uh, you know the the courage to go talk to this uh, ridiculous blowhard that she thinks is cute. <laughs> so our gal, the teen witch, yeah, she uh, uh, fingers her amulet. <laughs> I don't know how you say it, and it glows. And suddenly, her friend is uh, imbued with the power to rap, <laughs> and it is uh, an unbelievably uh, skillful <laughs> the, the way the, the way these words tumble out of her mouth. It's 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 along the lines of. Uh, uh, I'm hot, and you're not. And if you want to get with me, I'll give you one shot. I, I can't. I don't know the whole. Top thing. I that. Would, oh, top that. That's what they keep going back and forth. Is, yeah. Hey, top. Oh, and then, yeah. What I just said. I, top that. I don't really give up about trying to top that. That's another line from it. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. That's another thing that I forgot to mention. Teen Witch is a musical, <laughs> which is what makes it better than Teen Wolf. Absolutely. Uh, it also has a song where all the girls uh, dance around the locker room in leotards. Um, the song is called I Like Boys. Because, oh, of course, right. these girls are seniors in high school and are just discovering that they like boys. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, what else? Uh, I Want to Be the Most Popular Girl is a great song. Oh, that's right. <laughs> well, now, here's the th- Now, the, the most enduring memory of uh, Teen Witch for me is the Teen Witch's brother. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This guy, this is... There. Okay, there's good acting, there's bad acting, then there's this kid. I don't even the know. Otherworldly acting. There's other... I, it is crazy, the choices that he <laughs> makes. Because anybody who's making these choices there is something horribly wrong with them as a person. There is a, there's a part where he, David, you know where I'm going, where he is insulting, uh, his sister's, uh, uh, you know, her, her, her physical features. And, uh, he basically says, uh, he's like, you're a dog, a dog. (laughs) And just like, does this weird and just like, all of a sudden, like, he goes from being, like, a little 12-year-old kid to, like, being, like, an old-school, like, horror icon. Just, like, a dog, a dog. And, like, goes into this... He just does this weird voice thing. And he does that all throughout. Yeah, yeah he, that's, he turns into, like, Vincent Price with Parkinson's. Like, he's, like, shaking. He's like, you're a dog, Louise. A dog. Okay. Top right. that, Tyler. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Ah, uh, David, you're a dog. <laughs> a dog. Uh, good times. Um, should we David, keep it moving with clips? Or do absolutely. you have more to say about that? Uh, not really. Just the, but like, yeah, you're it's right. Just it's such it's a, early. What was That's it? episode 38. Is that right? Uh, that sounds right to me. Yeah. Yeah, that is early. It is very early. And it's just such a strange, it's so strange to think back to that. And I'll say this, uh, a common theme 
uh, of the, the emails that we received and the voicemails that we received. Um, and I will say we didn't get as many voicemails as I wanted to. And I will partially blame myself for that because I told people like, you've got two weeks. Well, officially that's true, Uh except we're recording this eight days before it was going to go up. No longer, you know, 10 days. Yeah. So I was thinking in terms of, Oh, you have up until the day of not realizing, Oh yeah, we're not recording this the day it's going to post. Right. So, well, people stay tuned. There might, there might be more. There might be a solution to that at the end of this episode. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I mean, there, actually, there will be to some extent. To some extent. But yeah, we don't know yet uh, how big an extent. But uh, a common theme is uh, of the people that wrote in or sent in voicemails um, that they've been listening for a long time. Mm-hmm. And as tends to happen, they they cite like, oh, this is this is the episode or maybe this is the second or third episode I listened to. Like, this is the one that solidified me as a listener. And so it's interesting that that so many would go back to, you know, episodes from like episode like in the 30s or the 40s yeah. uh, from 2008 or yeah, something like that. Yeah, episodes aren't even available anymore unless you exactly. donate $10. What's the process now? You got to donate $10 and send you an email saying my $10 is for this? It is. It's not a donation anymore and it's not $10 anymore. Oh, okay. It is now $7 All right. and you can just, you can just buy the first 40 uh, it's on the website? Yeah. You could just you pay for it through PayPal. I'll send it to you. $7 for 40 episodes that I've recently run through uh, Sound Studio, so they sound better than they ever have, which is to say they sound louder. <laughs> and that's all. All right. Um, let's move on then uh, to Alex. Hey, Tyler. Hey, David. Uh, my name is Alex, and I've been a longtime listener of the show. been listening since uh, 2010, I believe, or one fateful summer afternoon. I uh, sat down at the Zoom Marketplace, and I just searched uh, for uh, movies. That was the word, just movies. And Battleship Retention was the first thing that popped up in the podcast category. At the time, I had never listened, I had never listened to a podcast, uh, but I gave it a shot, and I loved it. And I've, stick, I've stuck with the show ever since. And I think that the reason why this show means so much to me is because I don't really have a lot of people that I know that love film. And so hearing the two of you talk about movies and talk about what makes good films great and and uh, what, you know, what you appreciate about certain movies uh, has been really enlightening and has given me a, a huge appreciation for the medium. Um, I think that uh, some of the highlights for me uh, have been... Uh, let's see, any of the big kind of list episodes I, I really like. Uh, so usually in February or in March, whenever you do the best of the year, that's always great. But I also really liked um, whenever you do the, the BP lists and uh, you bring in uh, guests like uh, Wayne Fetterman to talk about comedies or Toblowski to talk about actors. That's always been incredibly enlightening, and I, I really like that. But I also really like whenever uh, you pick a, a topic and you go in, in depth with it a lot. I really liked the episode on uh, on uh, pet themes, actually. Um, I think uh, my, the most memorable things for me uh, <laughs> happen to be Josh Fadum, <laughs> and uh, particularly uh, his impressions. Uh, so whenever he does Walter Matthau, whenever he does Louis C.K., um, I will never forget uh, uh, some of those things. And whenever he uh, does Dennis Miller talking about Margot Robbie, uh, that's that's great, too. Um, so you can tell, you know, Fadum, that, that young sport who was in Youth Large, the pilot of Youth Large, he's going places. Um, but almost any guy 
guests that has been on the show I really enjoy whenever they're comedians it's great because you guys are able to roll with it uh, but whenever you bring in some of the more academic people or even some of the people from the business uh, like Tobolowski or um, shit who's the guy that uh, the Pan's Labyrinth guy Doug Jones uh, whenever you bring them on or, or Fred Malamet always very insightful very very interesting another favorite thing how could I forget is Shadow Facts keep it up guys thank you so much for the years and here's to another 500 weeks bye I have a feeling I my theory is that audiences don't give a shit that Margot Robbie is a hot girl I don't know what you mean. You don't know what I mean? Every time Margot Robbie is in something, it's like the trailer is saying, and she's there. Look how hot she is, guys. Can you, it's like your intelligence is being insulted every time she comes on screen. And then the big short, you know, when yeah. they do that thing of like, I know it's kind of getting a little confusing. So uh, just for you guys, a little something extra, we get Margot Robbie in a bubble bath going to tell you what it's about. I do think they're overestimating how, how, much, yeah. how many people know who she is. Or care that she's hot. It's like she also looks like... Yeah, she's a good-looking girl, but it's like she's like hot from nineteen ninety ninety-three hot. You know what I'm saying? And it's like this is like a very well, pandering I, idea. Of I like, don't know a what you mean, chick, by that. But yeah, I like do think the, that idea is dated. In that uh, well, we've talked about, we've been we talked about in a fairly early episode of Battleship Pretension how there are there aren't really stars anymore like yeah. there used to be. Yeah, and I guess. In an age but marketing when, likes to think that there are sometimes, and then right, the audiences exactly, don't show up. And that's Same a, with like that's Chris Hemsworth. Thinking. Like if 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 I if I want to see a young woman who looks like Margot Robbie, Robbie scantily clad, it's not going to take any effort at all. I right. can get on my phone and look at pictures. So that that idea of uh, just putting well, also, the se- sexy chick in the the personality the of Margot Robbie, is not, like the, but that's that I like, the star I like thing, Margot Robbie. Even with the star thing, they're selling. They can sell. They can pair that hotness with the persona or personality. But like her, it's just kind of like there's no I, like the same with the trailer for the Whiskey Foxtrot Tango movie, uh, the Tina Fey movie, uh, and it's like she's walking around, and then all of a sudden, oh wow. Here I am talking to Margot Robbie. By the way, you're gorgeous. Oh, yes, darling, I know. Here, you're an eight. At home, you'd be a two. You know what I'm talking about? I didn't see the trailer, so I don't oh, know. You don't yeah. watch trailers. Someone watched the trailer. You yes. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Don't you feel like your intelligence is being insulted every time? And same I, with the Suicide Squad trailer. It's like she plays like kooky, and then there's a big uh, gratuitous shot of her bending over and showing her rectum. <laughs> Uh, that was pretty hot, but I've got a something of a rectum fetish. But yeah. no, it's no. If I were if I were Margot Robbie, I'd be. And I understand that, like it's still fairly early in her career. Like this is maybe a thing that she feels like. All right, I guess I have to do this. Have to play along. Um, but at the same time, yeah. If I were her, I'd be offended because it's like because she's actually a pretty good actress. She I've is. No, yeah. I have no doubt that she'll be good as Harley Quinn. <laughs> but. Pe- I don't love Harley Quinn as a character, but I think she well, would look, do. These it. actors have to do this bullshit. So is, they it, can make is, it no, is it a Harley Quinn thing that that Harley Quinn shows a rectum? Not particularly. Oh yeah, she's not a highly sexualized character. Well, she is in the depends. trailer because yeah, she's Margot yeah, Robbie, guys. As, you believe as initially Robbie? envisioned, she wow. is not. But I think there Ooh, are a lot of uh, audiences. I know you love that Margot Robbie. Get on in the theater. That's when uh, Dennis Miller did all the VO for uh, <laughs> Look, babe, Margot Robbie, babe. What am I, Margot Robbie over here? <laughs> so, um, scantily clad Margot Robbie. That's what Robbie we think here. about Independence Day 2. Okay, that's a much more recent clip. Indeed, yes. Uh, that's from just this past summer. Yeah, uh, that was Josh, uh, right? Josh, Josh talking about. Yeah, didn't you just hear it? 
Yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> Don't let him know. When mm. I actually listen to these. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love that. Uh, uh, I love that email from Alex because, uh, speaking of people, um, who have been listening for a long time. Alex found us through the Zune marketplace. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, we've outlasted certain technologies. <laughs> yeah. That's fun. Uh, and yeah. you know, and I was like when Alex goes, shit, um, <laughs> that was fun. When you think about it, here's another fun thing. When we first started recording and I, I still remember it was episode 13. That was my last day working at Blockbuster. Oh. Not only have we outlasted Blockbuster, we've outlasted an entire industry. Yeah, that's uh, which which was Cinephile still hanging hanging in there. Yeah, there's a there's a couple. Yeah. Uh, but at the Vidiots same time, is still around. Vidiots is still around. I think so. Really, I thought that one. I thought that one was done. Pretty sure it's still around. Rocket Video is gone. Yeah, that one's gone. Um, but uh, but yeah, and and it, when you think about it, just movie watching over the course of these 500 weeks has changed. Not only are video stores gone, but honestly like Netflix as a disc service, it still exists, but yeah. it's, it's all about streaming now. Yeah. And I don't know that I don't, I don't think that that I'm trying to think if that has had an impact on the way we relate to listeners or the way we watch movies. I don't think it really has. Um, I don't know. I think we actually talked about that a little bit with Todd and Amy, uh, yesterday, Mm. about like um recommending movies and keeping in mind like the ease or or not ease yeah, of that's true. people seeing those movies. Um all right now now we have a clip that's actually uh, some of you this might be the first time you're ever hearing it because it's from one of our commentaries. That's right. Um who sent this in again? Didn't you have the Uh I think this was Oh shoot. You had one job here. I think this is also Alex. I think oh, this okay. was his email. Oh, okay. Yes, that's right. Oh, that's right. Alex sent a follow-up email mm-hmm. uh, in which he um, mentioned some clips, and we yeah. wanted to play this. Yeah. This is us with uh, Paul Goble and Mike Schmidt right. during our Halloween commentary from yeah. a little over a year ago. Yeah. Halloween as in the movie Halloween. Yes. Yeah, it was our slasher film commentary, and this was the third one, I guess. Uh, uh let's Yeah. Uh, it was third after uh, psycho and Texas chainsaw massacre. Yeah. And, and the and Texas chain saw. saw massacre. Uh, and, uh, this is, uh, Goble talking about Laurie Strode's dad. Okay. All right. Now this is bullshit. There's a giant dude standing down the street with a mask on. Say something. Don't just go, Hmm, that's odd. And don't just, when he, when he ducks back behind the hedge, don't be like, listen, Oh, he's gone now. But they exist in a universe where they haven't seen these films. So to yeah. them, they're just like, Oh, who's that freaky gardener dude? And like, she's going to go say know. something. But, and she's going to make a, uh, an arrest, a citizen's arrest. Hey, you creep. Nope, gone. I like how she bangs the hedge like that's going to He faded in like Homer him. Simpson, man. He's, <laughs> <laughs> but see, she doesn't, they don't, again, he's a block away. He's not a threat, really. And she's a little freaked out by the station wagon coming around. But As she, she should be. Right, and she, but she sees the dude, but it doesn't, it's broad daylight on a city. Oh, and I, I guess anything's going to happen. It is Halloween, too, so yeah, it's yeah, not so I, weird. Guys right, wearing a mask. a mask. So that's what happens. All right. I don't know. I'd tell my dad, at least, Mr. Strode, you know, of Strode Realty. (laughs) (laughs) I'd tell him. He's a big man in town. (laughs) Nobody messes with Strode family. (laughs) I could have you out of this neighborhood in a minute. You kidding me? You see that sign? What's it say? Strode Realty. What's it say on my name badge here? Strode Realty. (laughs) That's me. I'm John Strode. (laughs) Not you. 
The Strode family built Haddonfield. You hear me, you son of a bitch? The Strode family owns Haddonfield. And if you don't like it, you can get the hell out. Now, who's this guy? <laughs> He's actually from the Haddon family. He's got a few words to oh, say. Oh, really? Right? When, that, when the Strode family took over from the Haddons? That's what happened. They forced him out. That's Phil Smith of the Smith's Grove Smiths. <laughs> There's like eight families in this. In oh, this so city. that guy's the sheriff. They yeah, didn't make it clear, but he smokes a pipe. Oh he boy, be the sheriff. I was not expecting this little one act play of yours. <laughs> That's what you get when you book the king. Okay. All right. Sorry for the uh, audio distortion. Well, we had not anticipated. We should have anticipated that would have that it was going to get loud once Gobel grabbed a mic. Yeah, but uh, but you know. Yeah. Well. Um, Let's keep on going then. Uh, to give your ears a rest, we'll go to a soft-spoken voicemail <laughs> yeah. from uh, a listener we've we've known uh, online for quite some time now. Hey guys, I haven't prepared anything, so I'm just gonna wing it. Um, my name is Franco, and I'm Disco Paco on Twitter. Just wanted to say that uh, you guys are great, and I've been listening to you since like 2008 or 2009 um, around the Sydney Lamet episode and also the one that you had with Frank Conniff, I think the uh, mystery science theater 3000 guy. Yeah. So it's been fun getting to know you guys uh, in quotation marks um, over the last several years. And I don't really have a favorite moment. I just wanted you guys to know that in a weird way, you guys have been kind of like a big part of my life because I've spent so many hours listening to you guys talk about movies and um, what's going on in LA's food scene um, and like what streets to take um, to get somewhere. And also hearing about your past and your hard um, moments that you've had with the passing of your father's um, I, I suppose whenever you guys open up about uh, your life, I guess those are my favorite moments because uh, I get to connect with you guys. Um, and that's a good thing for people. So thank you for doing this podcast. And I hope you guys keep on going. Bye bye. That was Franco. Indeed. Better known to us as Disco Paco. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and nothing says, nothing says like the fun of disco more than his cadence and tone of voice. Yeah. But, uh, I liked that he latched on to, you know, we're a movie podcast, mm. right? But he latched on to learning from us what streets to take. <laughs> yeah. Which that's is a lot of fun. Something that, uh, is of, of great importance to yeah. me, you know, I, uh, if you're in the Valley, what is your, what is Okay. Okay. If you got, if you have to go east to west or or, or west to east, um, what street would you most recommend somebody take that would uh, minimize traffic? Just cutting across the valley. Yeah. D- like, I mean, doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be all the way, but let's say a solid like mile to mile or two. Uh, I find myself. You want to go to the you know the 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 lower valley. I find myself on Moore Park a lot. Moore Park works. Um, up higher, Victory obviously is. Uh, I, I say Van Owen. See, oh yeah, that's a good one. Van Owen. I used to take Van Owen a lot actually. In between Victory and Sherman Way 
it's Van Owen. It goes pretty much as far as either one. Yeah, that's right. And there's almost no traffic on it. It's the fountain of the valley, I like to say. I think you're right. Yeah, Van Owen's a good one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, more park. I, and that's the thing. I'm, I'm very seldom in like the South Valley. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah. but you're right. More park is a, is a, a nice little, nice little, uh, uh, not a shortcut, but it's yeah. like a, it's like a scenic route. Yeah. Except it's uh, not. yeah, it's all Valley talk. Now you go back to the early days. I'm sure it was sure. Uh, I'm sure I was talking about, cause I was living in Hollywood and working in Marina del Rey, which is not easy to get to during morning that's uh, true. rush hour. I would take stalker take uh mm. wilton down to i guess uh cut over to crenshaw and then take stalker uh stalker again uh no i'm just mentioning stalker uh, okay. a lot because it's uh one of my favorite uh streets i just haven't i haven't been on in a long time sure uh it's also how i used to take the back if i wanted to go uh service roads only to the airport from hollywood mm-hmm. i would often use stalker to now, los Cienega. hang on a minute Let's bring us. Let's bring it back to the valley. If you need to go north south, and you're, let's say you're on the western side of the valley, but still east of the four hundred five, I go Kester. I guess I don't go north south that much. I mean, I use your old street, Whitset. Whitset's very helpful. Yeah, um, but there's sometimes construction on Whitset that okay. is uh, off-putting. All right. But I'd say, I mean, Sepulveda is one. I mean, that's right on uh, yeah. alongside the four hundred five. But that's, I mean, that's something I was told. When I first moved to Los Angeles, it was like, if you can, take Sepulveda instead of the 405. That's true. Uh, but yeah. if Sepulveda's busy, as it often is... Kester? Tri- uh, try Kester. It's only one street over. It's in between Van Nuys and Sepulveda. And then also Hazeltine is Oh, a yeah, good one. yeah. I use Hazeltine a lot. That's actually. a very helpful one. Yes, that's true. All right. And that's, uh, yeah, the, the Trader Joe's, where I get our snacks whenever we do our day-long commentaries, is on Hazeltine. I know. that It's by, right by the mall, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. All right, that was fun talk. Yeah. I'm sure, I'll bet Disco Paco loved it. No question. Uh, now, this one is also from an email, this next clip um, which uh, from the show. This is a classic, an absolute classic. This is from Jonathan Kimmis, uh, suggested um, uh, an early episode. Speaking of Whitset, this mm-hmm. is uh, your apartment um, on Whitset just south of Oxnard, or is that right? Just uh, between no, Victory and Oxnard? No, it's just north of Victory. Yeah, uh, north between- of Victory. Oxnard is south of Victory. Oh, okay. What's the other? What's north of Victory? Sherman Way, then Van Owen. Van Owen. Okay, so between Victory, See, and Van always Owen. forgotten Van Owen. That's that, that's the secret. Yeah, uh, <laughs> um, it's like those. Uh, never mind. Uh, I was trying. To, it's like those Doctor Who monsters that you forget when you look away from them. But I, oh wow, uh, okay, yeah. It's just like Van those. Um, so speaking of your place on on what's said, this is the episode where we find out who is feeding the cats. And we are back. Okay, yeah. We took a, a rare break there because Tyler's landlord showed up, and yeah. it was hilarious. We're being evicted. No, <laughs> your landlord is apparently some sort of like Svengali, <laughs> or or fancies himself such because he, Tyler opens the door and he says, "Hey, I don't want to say his name." Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and he says, uh, "Are you feeding the cats out back?" I guess there are stray cats. <laughs> yes, there know? are. Yeah. And you're like, and you're like, no, we're not feeding the cats. Yeah, uh, it's funny. No one is feeding the cats, and yet the cats are being fed. And, and then you and you were like, we're not the ones feeding the cats. And he was like, yeah. who is feeding the cats? Who is feeding the cats? <laughs> yeah, and me, like I, like I held up, uh, you know, like. 
ima- okay, imagine Peter Lorre in the, like the 30s being interrogated. I didn't hold up very long, you know, <laughs> uh, because because the, the, as I was telling David, um, in my complex. To my knowledge, Jen and I are the only ones with a pet, and it is a cat, Charlie, my adorable cat, and uh, and I knew that uh, oh the uh, the old landlord probably suspected us first, uh-huh. and uh, sure enough, a year ago we were feeding the cats, and then we stopped. You didn't tell him that just now. What did you tell him that? Yeah, I did. Oh, that you used to feed the cats. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. and well, uh, back good. when there were only two of them, but now there are like five. So and they're so having kittens, stopped. and they're having and kittens. They're shitting everywhere. Yes, and so yeah, you're not just a narc. Like you have an interest in these cats no longer absolutely being around all the time. Ideally, I'd like to take them to a shelter or something, but they always run away when Jen and I approach them. So, but yes, uh, so I'm like, ah, he's like, and he goes. Who is feeding the cats? And I and I'm just like ah yeah you know like I wanted him to be sympathetic. That's like hey I don't want to narc out the people that live next to me. Uh, but he's like who is feeding the cats? It's just like uh, uh, I don't was, want to be in trouble. Yeah, it was, it was very funny to me. Yeah, it was very funny to David. But now it's I got funny. a little bit. No one is feeding the cats, and, and yet, yet the cats are being fed. And yet the cats are being fed. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, that was a, it. Was a vaguely terrifying experience because I haven't gotten him October rent yet. All right, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, do you still feel now? Um, do you still owe any rent there? Uh, <laughs> uh, no. In fact, uh, our our old uh, landlord uh, Noberto, he is he was a nice, such a nice guy that uh, he gave us our security po- deposit back, even though we absolutely did not deserve it. <laughs> no question about. He had it. some ragers there. Uh, yeah. That well, that's me. Also, I don't like to take my shoes off, uh, so the carpet was just uh, just a mess. Yeah, and that's yeah, that's that place. I mean, have we recorded now longer here than there, or is it still longer? I there? think it's still there. Because yeah, the, most of your favorite battleship retention memories were probably at that place on on Whitset. We started. Let's let's trace this. Okay. We started in my apartment on Canyon, not the C A N O N with the with the accent that's in Beverly right. Hills, right? Not fancy. Yeah. on Canyon Drive in Hollywood, just uh, right. south of, of Franklin, um, practically around the corner from the UCB Theater on Franklin. Yeah. Um, we tried was, once to record at my place, but forgot to set GarageBand right, and it cut off after 30 minutes. I don't remember that at all. It happened once. Okay, so that that was... So that's where we started out. Eventually, we moved to your place, though we did one or two at my place on Fountain. But I only yes. lived there for a few months. Yes, but then we also did a handful, like maybe again, maybe just one or two. We did we did quite a number at yours on Fountain. Okay, but then we only did one or two at your studio apartment on, uh, on uh, Van Ness. On Van Ness, yeah. yeah, Van Ness, just north of Melrose, across the street from uh, Paramount Pictures. Right, uh, but then yeah, we moved to the weirdest to my block place. in Hollywood, by the way. It's an odd, yeah. It's, it's two blocks strange. from Melrose to Santa Monica, um, with Lemon Grove in the middle. Mm-hmm. But really, only the one half block, like the southeastern block, has homes on it. Mm-hmm. the 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 southwestern block is the wall of, of Paramount Studios. Mm-hmm. North of that is a cemetery, yeah. and across from the cemetery is a school. So that means. 
after business hours, there's 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 no people on three quarters of that two blocks, which is why I saw more people. That's where people like I don't want to sound like I'm making light of this. Like people who need to live out of their cars, unfortunately, yeah. would often use that two block area because you're not they weren't bothering people most, yeah. you know at night. Um, and it was so it was always odd to me that like the Starlight Hollywood bus tours would like yeah. drive past Paramount and then turn up Van Ness and it's like this is the weirdest block for you to be They're showing like, tours. All right, now everybody, make sure you turn your uh, heads to the left. And just keep looking left, (laughs) keep looking left, and we're good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Hollywood, a place of glamour. Yeah, Hollywood's an odd place. Um, And yeah, that was, we did a couple there, but yeah, then we were, uh, but by that point we were pretty much at Witset full time, and now we're pretty much here full time, I'm not going to give you a street away. Right. Um, And we've done a couple at my uh, current place. Yes. A few, a handful. Yeah. Did uh, we, and, and of course we, there's Pilar's studio. Yes. Which we, studio, which we used this one. We've, we've used both technically cause we did rock solid. Um, Oh, that's right. Yes, one. that's right. And we've done, of course, an episode of this podcast at the new never not funny studios. You heard it four days ago. Indeed. Have we now hit all the places we've recorded battleship retention? Unless you're counting like the, um, WonderCon mini-sode we did in the hotel room. I was about to say the WonderCon mini-sode at the hotel room, but I think that's, I think that does it. Yeah. Um, of course I used to walk around Comic-Con with a recorder and interview yeah. people. Um, that's including Lance Lieber, whom you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been on the podcast, uh, because of that. Incidentally, right. here's a so fun. So we named every, every place we've recorded. Here's a fun thing. Uh, this is over more than one lesson and it's not even, I don't think it's even been posted yet as of this recording, but just a heads up. On I believe the twenty eighth of October, so uh, I I'm host to a podcast called The Fear of God, hosted by Reed Lackey, uh, who's one of my co-hosts over More Than One Lesson, and he and friend of the show Jason Eakin went to Halloween Horror Nights, mm-hmm. and they brought a, a recorder with them. Oh, and uh, and so Reed recorded like four and a half hours and cut that down to like a forty five minute episode, and so they have like some really nice in depth episode uh, conversations, but uh, Reed also decided to incorporate some of him screaming (laughs) in the midst of these and it's a whole new side of Reed. just like he screams but he also says something as he's screaming and there doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to what he's screaming there comes one moment when you just you know you're walking along and you hear all these noises and then you hear like a loud noise and at one point Reed goes forget it (laughs) (laughs) it's it's delightful so stay tuned for that Uh, that'll be uh, October 28th at morethanonelesson.com uh, let's get into, um, one that I, uh, that's a little more, um, emotional, a little bit touch. Yeah. Uh, this is from, this is from our friend Jake. Hey, Tyler and David. Uh, this is Jake Thomas, your man from Marvel. Just sending you this voice message to say congratulations on 500 episodes. That is really exceptional and incredible. Uh, they've been great. I have uh, listened to all of them. I didn't start uh, from the very beginning, but I was there in the first year. And uh, listening to you guys sort of grow and develop as podcasters has been great. And has also uh, really made me feel like I've gotten to know you guys a little bit, which I'm sure a lot of your listeners appreciate as well, uh, which is sort of the crux of this. I don't have any particular episode moment uh, that I was really thinking about, Uh, but I really appreciate the way that you guys, like a lot of the great film critics and commentators, have brought a lot of yourselves to the show, and um, 
I was thinking in particular about uh, David. Um, I remember hearing about uh, your breakup with your previous girlfriend when it happened, and then hearing the story about your new relationship that eventually led into you getting married and uh, being sort of <laughs> there through it and hearing about it through the podcast uh, was incredible and, and uh, was very meaningful, I think. Uh, and the same thing, Tyler, uh, your talk about your marriage and your religion and your politics uh, has never been overbearing as much as I know that you've worried about that <laughs> I certainly have never felt that way I've always appreciated it uh, particularly as someone who uh, my father was a minister uh, I look at movies very religiously as uh, you do as well so I've very much appreciated that angle of the show and yourself as well um, it's really been great listening to you guys. Uh, I am actually recording this from Virginia. I am out of my New York City habitat. My mother-in-law has just passed away. And uh, while I've been here dealing with all of that, uh, I put on your most recent episode and the, uh, the show on Friday. And uh, it's been nice. It's been like talking to friends a little bit, uh, hearing you guys talk. I've had uh, a lot of friends move out of town recently um, and so I, I feel like you know there were a lot of people that I would talk movies with and uh, uh, you know just sort of sit around and discuss what we've seen and trends we've noticed and that kind of thing and uh, having you guys have this show every week sometimes twice a week uh, has actually been great has filled in a, a void for me as I don't get to talk to these friends who've left nearly as much as uh, I wish I did and so being able to put on the headphones and, you know, do some work around my in-law's house and listen to the show uh, was actually a, a great boon this weekend. Um, and I, I'm sure, again, a lot of other listeners feel similarly. Uh, it's been a very open show. Um, and I, I appreciate you guys giving your, your time and your energy and also a little bit of yourselves to the show. Uh, never too much. I know that <laughs> there are some shows that do that. The hosts really sort of make it all about them. But you guys have found a, a perfect balance between the personal and uh, the films, the commentaries. And I, I uh, love the show. I've been listening, like I say, for a long time now, and I hope I'll be listening for a long time to come. Uh, 500 more episodes and then some, I hope. So, again, uh, congratulations, fellas. You've done a, a really wonderful job. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts and something that I look forward to every week. So, uh, keep up the amazing work. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, um, I said that was from our, our friend Jake. We don't actually know him in person. Right. He's a friend of, of the podcast as a listener for mm -hmm. years. He's, uh, as you said, he uh, he's, works for Marvel. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was, uh, yeah, that was very, very touching. Uh, our hearts go out to Jake and his family yeah. um, at the passing of his mother-in-law. Um, and he couldn't have found a more appropriate, you know, sort of soothing uh, a place to record with those crickets. I know. Uh, that was it. Was it was like a white noise machine, except <laughs> uh, with a guy saying sad stuff over it. <laughs> with the worst white noise machine. <laughs> and I will say that uh, some of these voicemails do mimic something that I have heard other people say in the past when I've when I've uh, you know gone out to dinner with them or something like that, which is. Um, 
they don't really have anybody to talk movies with. Hmm. Um, and so they listen, or they, maybe they did, but then, you know, people went back home after college or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so they listened to us and the, the conversational, uh, nature of this show kind of allows them to feel like they're talking with friends and listening to friends and that sort of thing. And, uh, and those moments, that was not necessarily the point of the show. The point was definitely to have it be more conversation, yeah. but, uh, but that idea of being like something of a, of a, an online oasis for people who don't have anybody in their lives that they can talk to, uh, talk to about movies. That was not something I was anticipating, but it's a thing I hear a lot. And that is uh, an interesting uh, development and one that uh, makes me very happy uh, to be doing this show. All right. Uh, let's do one more. Let's let's bring things up with one more clip, and then we'll come back and say goodbye. Sure. Um, this is a very funny one. This is from what well, we recorded at Pilar's old studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as long as we're mentioning places we recorded things. Uh, and this is from our... Uh, this happened a couple of times where we've had people on the show who have gone on to... Uh, uh, a great deal of of fame. Mm-hmm. Um, we, in fact, we just talked about this very issue with uh, our very not like, not like it's an issue, like it's plaguing us. Yeah. It's a very happy thing uh, with Pat and Josh earlier this week. Uh, but this is from a pre Daily Show Wyatt Snack. I had the opportunity to interview to do a punch up on this uh, this really terrible movie that may or may not ever get made um, called Ebony and Ivory and. It uh, was a body-switching movie. Um, <laughs> I haven't seen one of those in a while. Yeah, and I think the idea was that it was... It's. I think that it's capitalizing on, like, Chris Parnell. I think they wanted to get Chris Parnell attached to Star. Maybe he is attached, but uh, I, I think it was to capitalize on his rapping ability uh, from uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Um, and in the movie, there is a, a black rapper... Uh, who lives across the street from a white plastic surgeon that would be played by Chris Parnell. And they both uh, can't stand each other, but they have the same housekeeper who is a magical Mexican housekeeper, (laughs) which is something that's a theme that they put in the movie that all Mexican housekeepers have magic powers, (laughs) apparently, but somehow not the magic powers so they get themselves out of the house cleaning game. Yeah, I would magic myself up a better job. (laughs) But so she sees that they're you know that they have so many similarities but they just they can't get past their racial differences so they switch bodies and so now the rapper is in Chris Parnell's body and the white guy the white plastic surgeon is in the rapper's body and hilarity ensues um but it's weird cuz reading it like i i had to read it and then come up with like my I guess whatever my thought would be for like rewriting it and and the movie I mean the script is god awful like by the end of the movie the final scene of the movie is a bus pulling up and uh, uh, like there's this neighborhood and a Jewish guy like a Jewish uh, Hasidic Jew uh, is yelling at his uh, his neighbor who's Muslim 
because the neighbor's dog shit on his yard and they're like yelling at each other and then a bus pulls up and our same mexican made uh, magical lady gets off the bus and sees them both and then looks at the camera knowingly like it says it in the stage direction looks knowingly at the camera as if to say sequel um, oh, so it's and it's but it, but the interesting thing about like reading it was whoever wrote this whoever initially wrote this script or who had written the draft that I read clearly knew nothing one about hip hop like I was offended both as a fan of hip hop and as a human um, because <laughs> they also just like like they knew nothing about hip hop but then also and like sort of treated that with like no real sense of like the characters didn't seem real at all but then the whole thing was just kind of like from like they never really got into the reality of if a black person and a white person really did switch bodies like what that would be like it just was like let's take every stereotype we can about like race and just sort of funnel it through this movie but every stereotype we're gonna take are just the ones that like bother me the white writer who wrote this like like one of the one of the early scenes like when they switch bodies is like the the black guy now in Chris Parnell's body like wakes up and like goes to the bathroom and looks at himself in the mirror and has like a freak out moment and is just like holy shit I'm white and then he's like checking his body and then he like looks and he like opens his pants and he just looks down and he's like damn <laughs> And then it cuts to now. Admittedly, that is that is how I start my day. So I mean, it's you know, I mean that part is true. So I mean, but then on the on the other side of that, the black guy, the white guy, now in the black guy's body, like he wakes up and he goes to the bathroom and he's supposed to be like this big ripped like buff guy, like I guess like Fifty Cent or something like that. Although they wouldn't get Fifty Cent, uh, or maybe they would. I don't know. Hollywood's Hollywood's an interesting game um but like he like checks himself out in the mirror and he's like feeling his pecs and like holy shit i'm ripped and then like he opens his pants and looks down and then i think like the stage direction says something of like looks down uh disappointed and like it was like disappointed that the stereotype isn't true <laughs> and like like the stage direction of this movie was literally just like one angry guy just like I hate this stereotype about black people cause my dick is bigger than any black guy I ever met fuck you now, what I want to see is the version of this movie where the, the housekeeper gets a job at the penitentiary <laughs> and then mixes up the Bloods and Crips with the Aryan Brotherhood. <laughs> the Latin Kings also, yeah. yeah. The, one, the one thing, though, I, was, I, I did, it, it made me think about, like, just that whole idea of, like, body switching that I was thinking about, uh, which is, like, if you do, if you were to switch bodies... And like the like the one guy like he switches bodies and he's like damn look at my new giant white dick or whatever, <laughs> but like let's say he's stuck in that body for a while. If he if he masturbates, does that make him gay? Because <laughs> it's not really his body anymore. Yeah. Like does that I I, I I throw that out there as as a question. Battleship pretension at hotmail dot com listeners. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll give it to you. All right. Good now, times. what that 
what I wanted to point out with that cuts off or doesn't cut off, but what I wasn't able to include to include was why it's callback yeah. later um, to first off our uh, now defunct uh, battleship retention at hotmail.com address. It's still there. I haven't checked it in a while. I'm going to assume someone's like, you know, that it's a, it's a, uh, an Eminem stand situation. <laughs> someone's saying like, if you guys don't respond, yeah. bad things are going to oh, happen. Oh, good Lord. Um, but yeah, at the end when we were, when we were giving, when why was giving out his plugs and stuff, he, he, he did a call, a uh, callback where he said something along the lines of seriously, I need to know, uh, what the deal is here? I've been trapped inside this black guy's body for weeks, <laughs> uh, which I thought was a very funny joke. And I didn't realize until when going back that it wasn't part of the initial uh, yeah. chunk. So I which actually makes it funnier, I think, yeah. to to bring it back like twenty minutes later. Yeah, um, yeah. Wyatt's a great guy. I'd like to have him back on, but he lives in New York now. Yeah. So, so that's the that's the episode. Right? That's the episode. Now and we are uh, um, stay tuned after the music. We're gonna play. Uh, we have a few more clips that came in uh, separately that we're going to play. And as Tyler said, there's eight days between us recording this and when it goes up. So if there are any other good ones that get emailed to us yeah. uh, in that time, uh, we're just going to play a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of clips. Some funny, some just people's favorites, whatever. Yeah. Um, after the after the uh, closing just clips of, of David and I the being closing, great. Yeah, the closing song. Um, so, so uh, do you have any more uh, modernity to fit in? Just one, uh, yeah, a little okay, bit. Good. Uh, and we we commented on this on this I think with Jason and, and Scott, but I wanted to reiterate it that uh, you know there are days when either one or both of us do not feel like doing this, uh-huh. uh, but the fact of doing it, like when we're in the middle of it, uh, whether we're with a guest or when it's just you and me. And we're just like going back and forth and having discussions that I, I think are, are invigorating, not to imply they all are. And the pistons are firing, and the sparks are flying. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Like there have been times, um, we, we joke about how like we just circle around a topic and come to no real conclusion. But the circling around the topic is what is most fun, I think, for yeah, me. absolutely. And, you know, there are days when I come away from, uh, I go into an episode in a bad mood, either about this or other things. And I come out feeling invigorated and feeling like affirmed in, in doing this after all these years. And, um, you know, and what I will say is that, uh, uh, as, as, uh, I believe it was Jake mentioned, you know, I've, I personally have had some ups and downs over the, over the years. And over this past year, I've had, uh, a few, uh, a few successes that I've told you guys about, uh, like with school and all that. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, a, a couple of, uh, uh, sad moments that I have not told anybody about and, um, except you. And, and that is a very sad thing and it's, and it's, it's frustrating, but at the same time, uh, battleship retention has been uh, a consistent positive in my life. I mean, there, there are people that's, that, that, you know, they say 500. Wow. That's amazing. How do you keep doing that? You know, how, how can you stick with it for that long? It's like, cause it's great. Cause like <laughs> podcasting has like been like one of the most rewarding things, if not aside from, you know, being married, it's like the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Uh, I mean, yeah. I did, you know, I did win best actor state of Missouri, <laughs> but beyond that, but that was a long time ago. You know, I'm only now starting to come down off that high. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but yeah. And so the show itself is what keeps me for what keeps me coming back to the show. And that like, it is a consistent positive force in my life. And it has, uh, not only has it allowed me to, 
hang out with you once a week. And, and even though we make jokes that we only see each other when we do the show, I see you more than I see a number of my other friends. Uh, mm-hmm. And I talk with you for hours at a time, yeah. which is more than I ha- than I do with my other friends, you know? And so that is very important to me. And then I've made a number of friends through the show, you know? I mean, that list of contributors are all are almost all people that started as listeners and now some of them are people that are important are very important to me and yeah and some of them some of them well i mean like some of them i i know them only as writers and then some of them you know were part of my bible study for a while you know it's a very very different levels of engagement there but but uh it's i don't know i i can't i cannot overstate how amazing battleship pretension has been for me uh professionally personally and i'll go ahead and say spiritually uh and uh that's you know as much as i as much as we might thank uh our contributors obviously i should thank you david and and the listeners you know honestly if we didn't if we topped out at like a hundred listeners i can't guarantee we'd keep doing this yeah (laughs) but yeah but there are um Thousands of people we've never met that uh, listen to us yeah. for whatever reason. Um, but, uh, yeah, not only would we not... Yes, I agree. I wouldn't do it without them listening, but I also wouldn't do it without you. Yeah. Um, when I've tried, it's usually gone poorly. <laughs> you occasionally <laughs> take time off. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> and uh, I'm, you know, no offense to the guests we've had. I'm just not yeah. as on my game. Uh uh, on, on my own. And um, there have been times when you take it off and then all I do is just make Mike Siegel see movies he doesn't want to see uh, right. <laughs> and just force him to come on. Yeah. Or talk about the Oscars <laughs> or talk about the Oscars. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's not development. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's five, 500 episodes is like crazy to think. But when you realize that obviously we've done more than that, but we're talking about 500 weeks. Yeah. 500 <laughs> weeks. Are you shitting me? That's insane. Do you know how many days that is? Uh, I sure. We should probably be able to do it in, in our, it's like 3,500 days, right? Am I right? I don't know. Sure. Yes. 3,500 days. 35. That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Look, I'm going back to school for film, not for math. All right. So, um, this has been great. Yeah. And like I said, um, You'll, we'll say goodbye. You'll hear some of Cole's uh, wonderful, chilling music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then stay tuned for some more clips. Uh, thank you sincerely for 3,500 uh, days yeah. uh, for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye. And we, I didn't go see any movies this week that I, that I, except for, you know, press screenings that I'll be writing about, and I'm not going to talk about those. Right. Uh, so I don't really have anything to talk about except like uh, the Thai New Year festival that I went to. That's yeah, and, and no one wants to hear about that. Did I say no one? I meant me. I don't want to hear about that. Yeah, people who don't want to hear about it. You know what? People don't want to hear about it because they don't want to know what they're missing out on. Because it is the best. Is that what it is? It is the best thing where to get your drunken tweets <laughs> i only tweeted like twice oh okay um that's how we know you're drunk <laughs> all right number seven on your list scott pilgrim versus the world we'll talk about it later okay number seven on my list another formalist exercise that is a lot more punk rock 
Um, but not uh, like I love to give these long lead ups before I actually say what the movie yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Probably annoys people, but I don't care because I enjoy doing it. Obviously, I imagine some people when they think of punk rock, they think of the sort of attitude and clothes and mosh moshing, you know, and sort of flailing about violently in all directions you could not sound more like a dad right now if edward herman were saying this uh, (laughs) he would have sounded cooler than i did (laughs) okay well there's a couple of things i want to talk about um which is just a side thing to these repertory type screenings is the people who go to them all the time which is okay the kind of person that i am going to probably be when i'm older i feel that very same. but i'm not so. talking about the people our age i'm talking about no, people like 50s or above oh yeah who this is their social life they and always have too many bags with them <laughs> yes <laughs> there was a woman in front of us at, uh, in front of my wife and i the puppet master who okay so there was a couple in front of us and the guy went up to get the bath go to the bathroom and this woman comes in with her too many bags and too many jackets yeah and just like plops down in the chair <laughs> and the woman's like oh i'm sorry my my boyfriend's sitting there. He's coming back to bed. And she's like, and then so she starts huffing and puffing. She's standing up. She starts doing this weird thing where she's tying her sweatshirt to her jacket for some reason to like carry it easily. In case there's a fire and she needs to go out the window. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, but I, th- I feel like she was just doing whatever she could to take more time right. to more inconvenience this person because she was pissed. She didn't get her seat. So she goes down a row where there's an open chair, but not, there's a guy on the end. And he's talking to his friend and she's not going to say, excuse me. She just stands there <laughs> and waits for this guy's friend to say, oh, there's someone who wants to get in. And he goes, oh, and he like sort of scoots back in his chair a little bit and goes very friendly. He goes, come on in. And she goes, huh, come on in. <laughs> and like, scoots down the aisle to the open chair. Uh, it was delightful. Wait, yeah, the next there, time no, we'll there's, a li- there's a line we used to quote my friends and I about, and I'm going to get it wrong. It was something like, the transaxial is, the transaxial's gone. You're just oh, grinding You're gears. just grinding metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but what's the line right before Something it? like you've blown the transaxial. Yes, yeah, you've blown like the transaxial, you're just grinding metal. <laughs> that's Guys, a weird it, line to latch on I know. I'll be honest with you. It's a very quotable <laughs> film, but you latch on to the transaxial line <laughs> that we all know and love. That's hilarious. Michael Be- Michael no, Bean, I don't know why I tra- <laughs> Michael Bean cannot walk down the street without okay, someone yeah. saying, hey, say the transaxial line. Top three lines from aliens. Get away from her, you bitch. Game, Game over, over, man. You've blown the transaxle. You're just grinding metal. <laughs> All right. I get it. You're correct. You are correct. Really? I like Bottle Rocket, but yeah. it's it's incomplete. I mean, there's like, you know, there's holes in it, you know? Yeah. It's uh, But it's a nice, it's a good first movie, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's it yeah, first it's, movie. And it, it does feel like a first movie, definitely. But uh, It introduced yeah, us I, to Owen Wilson. Yeah, who I, yeah. I do How like. How do you feel about that? <laughs> I don't know, but I heard that guy doing a voiceover on radio, a radio commercial for like Pennzoil, mm-hmm. and uh, all I'm thinking is like, what? why am I listening? This guy tried to kill himself. Why would I buy Pennzoil? And he's talking about, my neighbor's a guy who can build a deck in two days. I wish I was that guy. I was like, you wish you were dead like three months ago. What are you talking about? What? Why would Pennzoil hire a, a, a guy who attempted suicide not long ago to talk about his neighbor who builds things? 
I tried to take my own life and couldn't do it. My neighbor can build a deck. Why didn't you say that in the commercial? I was furious. This is part two of a series. That's right. That we started two weeks ago. Yeah. With a great movie. Uh, beginnings. Yeah. Now this. Now of course. A time, speaking of a time to kill. Yeah. It has that 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 very memorable moment where he says, you know, uh, yes, they deserve to die, and I hope they burn in hell. Yes. Um. So that that's a memorable movie moment, wouldn't you say? Uh, yes. Yes. It's a memorable movie scene or moment. You know, when not you, necessarily a good one. Though. Right. It is memorable. That that goes without saying. Um. You know, when you when you like get down to business, uh-huh. you sound a little silly. Uh, because it's a memorable movie moment, you could say, <laughs> Tyler. Let me read my cue card here. But that's just that I, cue card's in your head. That's I, the thing. I'm glad it took more than two years for you to finally bust my balls about something on the podcast because I've been doing it to you nonstop. That's true. <laughs> you know what? Oh, yeah, you're kind of a jerk sometimes. <laughs> that's it. This podcast is over. <laughs>